I'm Stephen Jack Pisala. And I'm Jill DeWitt, and this is The Land Academy Show. This is episode number 1,969, and today we're talking about how to get your first land deal done in the first month as a land investor. Mm-hmm. And a little bit later in the show, I'll talk about the land business competition by the numbers. It's a popular topic. Everybody thinks uh, or assumes that there's a lot of people in, in, oh. in the land business and they think, oh, Jesus, is it too late for me to start? And so I'm going to go through the numbers, uh, try to dispel that and compare it pretty directly uh, and pretty seriously to other industries, the real estate industry in particular and uh, property management. You know what's funny? I have not been getting that question. So where where was it in social media that you were reading it? Or there's a din, there's a din, din. everywhere about uh, competition and and. Uh, I mean, I know it's an underlying theme. Yeah. Now and then, you know what's funny? It's like everywhere. Like uh, we we are sitting in. Um, where are we? Ketchum. <laughs> I had to think about that. So as a recording, we're sitting in Ketchum, Idaho, which is awesome, Sun Valley. And we met this couple that we've been hanging. We we randomly met the, this cute couple from New York. He's originally from Texas. She's from Virginia, but they live in New York now. And they come here like four times a year. And their conversation, the we all got together. We met up one night and just hit it off. And then two nights later, we ran into each other again at this park, outdoor thing. And then they're like, come on over to our, our place that we have here. And and uh, check it out and you know just hang out with us like sure just really cool people and one of the things the wife said uh, this was last night was yeah but we're five years too late you know about you know acting on on getting a place right and I said yeah but you're also 10 years early she's like you're right you know depending how you look at things so I thought that was really interesting so even in people's minds that aren't necessarily in our industry they even think that a lot of places are too late so I'm you know, really glad a, you're gonna do this yeah it's a great actually it's a great point on this anecdote mm-hmm. you know we are, we are as a land Academy group not in the habit of, of paying attention to or living by averages mm-hmm. and so when When's the last time you've ever seen a real estate market that where the outlet the average sale price is four hundred thousand dollars? You know we don't go in and, and spend the average. True. We send out mailers and spend twenty to thirty to forty percent of whatever that average is. It's made that way by design. So even if the market did go down, and I can't think of really uh, any markets that have gone down, you know, in a permanent any type of permanent way, with right. the exception of you know Rust Belt markets like Detroit. You just you don't miss you don't miss it. It goes up. Yeah, that's true. It's just a variance of how much it goes up, and statistically, why does it go up? And data is the answer. Mm-hmm. The, the entire answer data will tell, give you all the answers. Oh to all yeah. That. Each week on the show, we answer questions from our Land Academy member Discord forum, review land acquisitions from our weekly member webinars, and take a deep dive into two land-related topics by popular request. If you want a sneak peek of our Discord forum, go to landacademy.com. It's free. And by the way, if you want us to answer your questions here, or you just need some help getting involved in our community, no problem. It's very easy. Just simply text us at 480-530-7383. Our team reads all the texts, and your question just might pop up here. Let's take a question from one of our members on the Land Academy uh, Discord forum. So Christopher wrote, I wanted to share my mailing results for the last 30 days 
and see how poor or good these results are. I know my sample size is small and I hope to have it doubled in the next 30 days. I just want to see what and where I may need to tweak. Thank you in advance for the taking the time to providing some input. So here's what Christopher did. He sent out 4,000 units. What did he say in the last 30 days? Okay, so let me preface this by saying he's just getting started. Yeah. So this is, this. if he did this in the last 30 days, he's probably got two weeks worth of um, feedback here. He's going to get two more months and maybe two years more of feedback to add on to this. So I want to preface this. This is not like, oh, this is what a mailer, just exactly what a mailer does and we call it done. No. So 4,000 units went out. He got 23 responses. He got 13 uninterested of those responses. 13 were take me off your list. I don't care or can't do it, you know, for title problems. Three were selling me, oh, three wanted to sell, but but Christopher saw it as unusable land. I'm not sure why. Exactly. Uh, not sure why. I'm not sure why. Is there any land that's unusable? No. Okay, thank you. Seven serious sellers. Two thinks he mispriced and it would not adjust to the price I mean I'm I needed, which means they were in the group of the thirteen and above. Like there was something going on with them. Um three are currently moving forward. He's got him in his due diligence stage of his uh, process here. One of them, the husband wants to move forward, wife does not. <laughs> I know how that goes. And one of them is under contract, but needs to get an easement. Do these numbers look typical to the rest of you? This is hilarious. <laughs> What's so funny? We are. <laughs> oh. We're going to answer all this in a second, but. Jim oh, it's moving. <laughs> look, it's I... moving. <laughs> This is awesome. We're watching this on uh, YouTube. On YouTube, we are not Joe, in Joe an Idaho earthquake. Catching Idaho. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're doing laundry because it's Thursday, and it's just it's in the spin cycle. Yes, it is. <laughs> Look at this. This is awesome. I, I kind of think this is actually hilarious. <laughs> if you are watching us, if you are not watching this, you should see this because it's actually comical. So. Um, we are rocking and rolling a little bit here. It does look like we're in about a 7.0 earthquake. I'm going to stop touching the camera and see how far it goes. You're oh, going to get a circular hilarious. tour of our Of, of our, our rig. Look, <laughs> <laughs> as we go out of focus, it's focusing on who knows what behind us. This is great. Oh, now I'm the only one in the camera. <laughs> okay, anyway. If you're listening to this, it's probably boring as heck. Sorry. 4,000 so anyway. units went out. 23 people responded. That's 0.6. You know, it's six tenths of one percent. Thirteen are uninterested. Three, he believes, are trying to sell property that's not usable. Seven serious sellers. Two, uh, he believes, are mispriced, and they wouldn't uh, adjust the price. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder what Jill has to say about that. Of the three, uh, three are currently in due diligence follow-up status. Husband wants to move forward. The wife doesn't. Can solve that. One is under contract, but I have to get an easement. Do these numbers look typical? Totally. This is exactly yeah. what's supposed to happen in a yeah. matter, in my opinion. And everybody else on Discord, other Land Academy members, agreed. Yeah. And so I have a couple of points to make, and I'm sure Jill's going to jump in here. You sent out 4,000 units. Good job. You pr priced it reasonably well uh, based on this response. And um, somebody, hopefully you, is answering the phone, and you're, and you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. 
you're, you're going to end up buying a piece of property probably, maybe mm -hmm. two. What Jill said earlier is exactly right. I see right. a couple of them. Yeah, me too. Uh, this is just the first round. So this mailer, you know, uh, several people uh, of the 4,000 here didn't respond, but they stuck it on their refrigerator and said, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm going to think about this because maybe I do want to sell. And so we get calls from 2002, 2004, every single month on mm -hmm. mailers that I did way, way back in the day. So yes. Mm -hmm. So think about this. You're going to buy a couple of properties. A mailer costs you about $2,000. Uh, and you're probably going to buy, let's say, one property and make twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 on it net. I'm good with those numbers. Yeah. What if you send out 8000 Yep. What if you send out 16000 This yep. is what the people in Career Path do, and this is the stuff that we talk about. Uh, Jill and I teach a class called Career Path twice a year. Uh, I think it's coming up soon in the here, fall. In October, yeah. September and September. And so you're a very logical candidate for this. Yeah. Because I think you got it. Totally. You nailed it. I think that but just by the way that you structured this this question and the fact that you're sharing the results with everybody and you're very mechanical about it, I, I, I think you're, you're on your way to having an amazing land career. There are certain people that are going to read this and listen to us talk about it, and they're going to say, what are you talking about? $2,000? You sent, spent $2,000 just to see if you can do a land deal? Absolutely, mm -hmm. and, and he's going to do a land deal. I'll spend been, twenty thousand. Yeah, because if I'm going to make a hundred, think about it. Maybe do two deals, and I make a hundred each. I think that's money well spent. So I look at this was as with a massive degree of success. This was successful, and I think that some people not. I don't think it's the majority, but some people. Look, I, what, the reason I'm bringing all this up is because I don't want you to look at this as as not successful, whoever you are. And I'm not talking to the to Christopher here. Thirteen uninterested people out of twenty three responses is that's that's, that's great. That means you priced it right, yeah, and you did everything you're supposed to do. What you're looking for is you know two or three people of these four thousand that you mailed it to that said, yeah, mm -hmm. you hit them at the right time. Uh, in whatever life circumstance they're they're experiencing, maybe they inherited the property. Who knows what? Mm -hmm. They're ready to do a deal for you. In this easement situation, one under contract, but you have to get an easement. We do that all the time. Sure. Get with the neighbors. Go ahead. No, that was it. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Today's first topic is called how to get your first deal, first land deal done in the first month as a land investor. This was a uh, by request topic. Our customer service people and sales team mm -hmm. said that this, they asked us to cover this. Mm -hmm. And so I asked you, Joe, how do you get your first deal done? In the first month? That's, that's tricky. Oh, I'm going to be totally honest and if I'm going to be real because I want to be realistic. I don't want people to think like, oh, if I don't do it in a month, I'm a failure. Oh, no. I don't want to think that. And I don't want to give you an unreal expectation, too. So if you to do a deal, the, the fastest I would say do a deal start to finish really for me is six weeks. And I know we have blogs on our website that that we have both done um, spelling out that whole time, that timeline. Let me kind of give you the big picture. Like. First, first you got to get the education. You want, I want you to spend a couple of days on that, right? Understanding what we do, how it works, you know, picking an area, thinking about the whole, st all the steps all the way through. So if we do week one, is kind of getting, getting educated, kind of understanding what to do. Then week two, and this, what's great about this too is this, this can go. I'm giving you the timeline as if you already have a job right now, because so many people starting out with this, as you should still have a job you're 
that's paying your bills and this is something you want to transition to. So that's part of what you could speed up right there. If you're not this person or you're just a crazy person and you're like, I don't care when I'm not at work, I will live, eat, breathe, sleep this stuff. I can do it faster. That's kind of how you can speed it up too. But the second step is then, all right, learning what we've taught you, learning how Jack does it, you know, the week two kind of thing or step two kind of thing, wherever your timeline is, it's picking a county, you know, trolling, understanding how it works, looking, you know, that's the thing that we teach you too. I mean, we teach you everything from how to pick a county to all the way to the end and, and get rich. So, um, make it an empire. Step two then is going to be, you know, trolling, picking, am I stepping on your stuff or you want me to keep going? No. Okay. Got great. I could, I'll uh, add some stuff at the end. Okay. So picking the area, getting the data, uh, and kind of step three is going to be pricing the data. I kind of break those up. I put step two is kind of finding out where you're going to send mail, doing your red, yellow, green test, using data to make sure you're hitting good areas, all of that good stuff. And then step three is, okay, I picked my area. I've got it all done. Now I'm going to download the data, scrub the data, or use something else. Like we have our concierge service through our company offers to owners. They'll do that part for you. Um, But somebody in step three has got to download the data, scrub the data, get it ready for the mail and get it out in the mail. Step four is here come the calls. Here they come. You're going to, and you're going to answer the calls just like uh, Christopher Christopher here and, you know, take the calls, pick out the best ones, do your due diligence, all the stuff that we show you, everything to do. And even along the way, remember you're, you're worried about it. Like, I think this is a good deal. I'm not sure. Great. Ask us on a Thursday call. That's why they're there. You need some motivation, get in our free accountability group. That's there. All the stuff we have to help you. So that's kind of step four. They came in. You're kind of you're kind of picking what you want to buy it. Step five is you buy it, you own it, you you either push it out to uh, a broker if it's a bigger deal or you don't want to do the marketing, that kind of a thing. Just throwing that out to you. And step six is you sell it. You know, you, you get your offers, you pick the best offer coming back from buyers and then rinse and repeat. So that's kind of loosely, you know, you could, how you space it out. And if you want to, boy, jam all that together. And I know people that do, I know people that get our program and they like binge watch. Right. And then, you know, started on Friday night and by Monday they're hitting the button, sending off a mailer, which is amazing. So this is kind of ties into the first month thing. So then they could have 10 days later be fielding calls and looking at deals, really. Then nowadays too, post, post-COVID, my, my transaction coordinator can get deals done with escrow literally in five to seven days. So that speeds that all up. Like, what are you talking about? Really? Yep. And then, you know, you could list it. I've had properties that I listed them on a Friday and by Sunday I've got three offers. And that's often when Jack's mad at me saying you priced it too low. On the sell side. On the sell side. He's like, what do you mean you sold it already? I'm like, I didn't know it would go this fast. So that's how you could speed this all up. And then, and you're selling it. So, whew. All the stars are in alignment. You could do it in 30 days. I'm gonna. I just want to say realistically, give yourself a month or two, you know. But you then you'll have it. I'm on Team Joe with this uh, across the board. Um, you don't want to do a deal the first month. Yeah. 
you why would you you're going to push yourself and push yourself and push yourself and have this crazy goal and you're going to get frustrated and and chances are just stop maybe make a mistake that's the last thing you want right yeah make a mistake the last thing you want to do is push yourself to the point where you're disgusted with your own performance or buying and selling land in general you want to space yourself out you want to give yourself i i would think six months to really absorb all the content understand uh as much as you can from all the sources that the resources that we provide and everything else on the internet talk to as many people on discord as you possibly can and and learn how to do this correctly for you to get a deal done in the first month you're putting yourself in the top five or tenth percentile if you think of a bell curve you have a hundred people that really really give this their all there's going to be ten people that smash it mm-hmm. at the end of the bell curve and at the under, end of the bell, bell curve there's going to be 10 people the bottom 10 percent or 10th percentile uh that don't can't do it at all yeah they and, never say anything out and right. they're just sitting there watching everybody else get rich <laughs> right so and you know what i've done in the past i'm going to talk about this at the end of this episode too about how to get to the top 10 percentile of anything really it's the 90th percentile you have to look kind of back in your past and say, wow, I was great at that. I was terrible at this. I was okay at this, but I didn't like it. And have some self-assessment about where you've really done well in the past and try to emulate that experience with this. Mm-hmm. You have to really care, really, really care and really put the time in and, in my opinion, remove a tremendous amount, if not all, of the emotion that you have about this at all and just mechanically go through it. We have somebody in career path and, and in uh, land Academy pro who's, I bet everything she's ever done, she's grossly succeeded at it. And she, uh, she came to us from another program was real frustrated with that program. It wasn't big enough for her and, Mm -hmm. and she killed it though. I mean, she put 70 deals in Mm -hmm. passive income play in in one year with that program so and she's doing it now with us but she's making a lot more money because that's how we do it Mm -hmm. so please learn and uh, you know put a calendar together it may not might be six months it probably shouldn't be 30 days what no i was i was was agreeing with you no like when you put the calendar together that's the key for me that my one word was going to be discipline yeah discipline yep exactly can you throw me that ukulele because i'm going to tell a story here oh how not? Are you playing us a song? Nope. Oh. This is a baritone ukulele. It's probably the fourth one I've owned. <laughs> I saw it in a shop that Jack and I, Jack, that Jill and I walked by. Um, in Red Lodge. I don't Lodge. know where it was. Yeah, Red Lodge, Montana. Mm-hmm. The price was right, and the brand was right, and the whole thing. And so, and I said, you know what? I'm going to finally learn how to play this. I'm not in my first month of learning how to play this. Not my first year, not my first decade. In fact, I'm on my steep into my second decade of learning how to do a scale. Why? Why is that? Because I'm not in the tenth. I'm in the tenth percentile. You're in the bottom learning, ten. <laughs> not in the ninetieth percentile. Could I be? Yeah. Could I learn this thing in a month and yeah. play some songs and make Jill laugh and have some beer? Yeah. Which is really all I want out of this thing. We anyway. do the other two things. Sure. Sure, I could. It hasn't happened yet. So I haven't put the time in. I could blame Jill. Yeah. I could say she's the biggest I keep you too busy. walking distraction. Oh, there Jill's, we go. By the way, Jill's the biggest walking distraction there ever was because you just have too much fun constantly. <laughs> so 
if you <laughs> take your land career the way I have been uh, taking and handling my ukulele pursuit, you're going to be dec- two decades in. Oh, there you go. Wondering when you're going to do your first deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And starting and stopping and starting and stopping. And that happens. That's, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a real story. Don't let. Yep. Don't get ukulele'd. Don't get ukulele'd. That's nice. (laughs) Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. Okay. So it's Polk County, Wisconsin. Would you do this deal? Purchase price, $60,000. Proposed comps are scarce. But I did receive a package of comps from a broker I work with in the area, showing a sale price of between 6,300 to 6,500 an acre. How big is this? 40 Almost acres. 40 acres. Okay, got it. Which would give us a retail price range of 240 to 250. I'm just kind of, um, and would I aim? So would aim to bring to this market around 220,000 and try to get a quicker sale. Okay, got it. So here's what he's saying. Buy for 60, sell for 220. Okay, I'm liking that. Now, physical access is established. We see it. Uh, legal access would be by a small easement across the northwest corner of the seller's adjacent property. So apparently, that's obviously a, a highway right. there. It's right here. And I can't, I cannot like have my own driveway off the highway. I got it. So that's that's something that I'm figuring out. So that you see the you see Highway 85, thinking, oh, there you go, but not necessarily allowed to just put an off ramp in where you where you think you want one, even though this guy did over here. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. We'll see. So. Um, seller says that she was fine establishing an easement, but wants to run it by her husband first. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, everybody's alive. There's several streams and creeks going through there, a jogging biking trail along the tire bottom of it. Oh, that's got our attention. Um, the city of Amory is seven miles east and Big Lake is 1.2 miles to the west. Continued down the bike trail to the south at the end of the property is not wide enough for a car. So that a small easement would be needed. Please advise if you think it would be needed here. I don't know. I stick with the, honestly, I wouldn't go through that much work to sell the property. I would have in writing that the owner would grant an easement on that Northeast corner. So we, Evan, can you, for me, I don't know if this is the, is this the right property or not? Okay, good. Yes. Come on, Starling. Let's see if you can handle this. I think this property has physical and legal access. Right. And if we need a little something, he'll say, sure, I'll hook you up. Okay. So for 60,000 bucks with comps at 250, this, this is, uh, you know, it's a fantastic deal to me. Going through the A's acreage. Yeah. It's 40 acres. That's fantastic. Parcel size access. We just said, uh, physical and legal. I would confirm it, but what do you think, Jill? Yeah. The owner says, sure. I think too. You know, you know what this is sounding like to me? I think this is a, would you brag about this deal? Good. Because like, because here's what Evan's saying. Gee, if I do it all wrong, I could buy it for 60 and sell it for 120. Oops. But I think I'm going to sell it for 220. My question is, how rural is it? Is it too rural? And here's Minneapolis. And so this is probably, I don't know how many miles, but that's, it passes the adjacent test. There's all kinds of stuff happening. There's agricultural happening here. There's a little subdivision happening here. Um, there's houses and utilities are being dealt with everywhere, uh, are not being dealt with. They're, they're everywhere. So that's, that passes the adjacent test. I think this is fantastic. Cause they're with this, you know what this tells me? The owner lives next door. They were hanging. They've had this probably for a while. How long do they live next door? You know, kind of thing. And now they're selling it. I bet it's fantastic. I would totally do this deal. It's fall. 
And Jill is going to talk to us about career path. Yay. And I'll tell you what, if you want to be in the top 10 percentile or the 90th percentile of this, join career path. Yep. We're not selling you anything. We no. just have had massive success. This is career path number seven and seven eight. And eight. Mm-hmm. We're combining the two. Well, go ahead. Sort of. So here's the deal. What the heck is career path and why do we even do it? Because everybody asked. <laughs> so one of the things about Land Academy and one of the things that we do really well is we've, you know, we've done it ourselves, made this an empire where you don't have to work that hard, you know, kind of thing, doing bigger deals, doing fewer deals, having the right team, everybody working on the right stuff, knowing what you should be working on, what you shouldn't be working on. You know, we did that. We had to figure that out for ourselves. So a couple of years ago, people said, can you really teach me? I want to get to that level. I want to do the way you guys taught me land Academy. You gave me all the tools I need to have this business, but that's great. But I, I got all that, but I need to be at your level. I want to be doing deals like you. I want to be doing deals with you. And and I know what's possible. So we created Career Path. We sat down, put our heads together like all the other programs. And you asked, we listened, we did it. And it's been amazing. So we are now doing this fall. It starts at the end of September. We're doing two sessions back to back or, you know, kind of side by side. One's a Wednesday session. One's a Saturday session because depending on your schedule, you know, you may not be able to hit the Wednesdays or the Saturdays. And the other nice thing is, depending on your schedule that week, you can flip-flop around between, I can't make Wednesday, I'm going to show up for Saturday, fill in the blank. Heck, you really want to obsess on this? I'm going to show up Wednesday yeah. and Saturday? All right, knock yourselves out. That's what we're doing. This is the first to... time we're doing it, and I'm really, really excited. This is your career, mm-hmm. or you want it to be. That's what this, this is. This is the answer. So, yes. So, it's eight weeks with us taught by us for about mm, I'm gonna say four to five hours a day so the Wednesday group is gonna get us four to five hours and the Saturday group is also gonna get us four to five hours because we're really here it's a it's it's land Academy on steroids taking it to the next level and really helping you make this your career um, you know business I want to add one more thing too only via career path because again career path and it just just started the very last sessions the first time we did this now we now share our team you can hire my transaction coordinator you can hire my fill in the blank because at the end of career path you're going to be going great now i know i know i need a couple of key employees now to do it just like you guys so you can we'll tell you how to hire them or you have access to ours and that's land academy pro but it's only at the end of career path um that that's available just letting you know so it's awesome check out landacademy.com and on the menu bar you'll find a career path thing with more information let's take another question posted by one of our members on the land academy discord online community again if you want a sneak peek of this go to landacademy.com it's free okay bike wrote i'm looking for some advice on this deal the numbers are buy for two hundred thousand dollars sell for Two hundred seventy-five to three hundred thousand dollars. All right, seventy-five hundred thousand um, dollar uh, profit. Hundred thousand. Right. Said. Seventy-five to a hundred thousand. Sorry about yeah. that. Profit. The challenge is that the property needs to go through probate. I have an estate attorney, which is actually a friend of the family, that can handle this probate. The seller doesn't have the money to pay for it, so I offer to do it. I'm considering a couple of options. One, of course, to protect himself, right? I'm going to help this guy undo this probate, and then I want to buy the property. What if something goes weird in the middle here? So this is what Mike's thinking through. So he's like, okay, 
One is I file a lien against the property, make sure I get paid back just in case she changes her mind once it's all done. The other is I have her sign an option agreement. Both of those are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the funds to purchase it outright. And I don't think there's enough profit for an investor deal. I really want to get this deal done and help out the widow. They had no will signed and her income is a fraction of what it was before her husband died. The property's in a great vacation subdivision, one that I've wanted to own in for years. And I know it will sell quickly unless I can figure out a way to buy it myself. Thoughts? Suggestions? So one second before Jill answers. This is exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Not exactly, exactly, but it's a version of, a really good positive version of solving a problem for the seller. It stopped anybody else from buying it in the past just because they didn't really want to deal with this and filing a single asset probate depending on what state this is in can be incredibly simple in fact my guess is it's very simple there's enough enough meat financially on this uh, bone you know on the, on the bones here to do, to do it he's gonna make a hundred thousand dollars on the deal and I disagree with you on, on uh, one single point here is there's enough uh, money involved for you to get a, oh, yeah. a person to to front you the money there's a hundred thousand dollars of profit 50 grand each or whatever you decide per, uh, from a percentage standpoint that's right. a lot especially so, if that's not like a retail number if that's really like a sell it fast you know kind you know of the thing. you know the area mm-hmm. you've wanted to buy own, buy and own property there already so you get it and you have a pretty good idea about how fast it's going to sell and for how much money when we say when Jill and I always say you're looking for a situation mm-hmm. you're looking for yeah the great it passes the test the deal the piece of property is great but attached to that piece of property usually is some type of personal scenario that the seller's going through, a life event, and this fits the, fits the bill perfectly. So probate's no big deal. In fact, you're going to laugh when it's over. Mm-hmm. You're going to laugh and say, wow, that's it. We just had to run some stuff through and it's over. I have a, I have a third scenario. What if, why, why would Mike not just do this? The attorney can handle this. The attorney, I'm sure, could handle closing the deal. Why don't we do the probate all at the same time? I agree. And then have Mike end up, or Mike and fill-in-the-blank funding partner at the very end of this, end up owning it when he's done. So we don't have to do the lien thing and undo a lien thing. I agree. We don't have to worry about the option deal and all of that. Like, I, I would bring in a business partner now, a funding partner so now, and, and tell the attorney, we're just going to do this all at once. Because, so when you're done with this... You know, and buy for two hundred thousand could be buy for one ninety five because we back out. You know, one ninety seven because it's three thousand dollars in attorney fees or whatever it is. I don't know if Mike's going to pay for that or not. You know, like so at the end of this, lady, you're going. It's going to be done, and you're. It's going to be none. It's going to go from you know this situation through you to me in 30 days and you're going to have money. Yeah. If you don't already know this Mm -hmm. before there were escrow agents, lawyers closed deals. Mm -hmm. Escrow agents, I think came about in the thirties or forties, 1930s or forties. So lawyers up to that point would do the paperwork and file it with the County and the whole thing. Well, that's still still the case. That's still the case. So what I would do is exactly what Jill said. I would open escrow on it now. Or or just have the attorney get a lawyer. I don't think the estate lawyer, he might is probably probably not a real estate lawyer so but he probably knows one or maybe you know one so now you get two lawyers involved yeah. and start from right from the beginning tie this property up you don't have to file a lien yeah. Joe's right I hate to do all that extra work <laughs> and it's faster for her it's we just got awesome. done Jill just got done with a deal where she had to do some uh, easement work that mm-hmm. took a couple months stopped everybody from buying the property forever 
and uh, it's going to end up being a, you know, a very, very attractive financial situation for us. So seek these things out. Don't mm-hmm. avoid them. I'm really glad that you asked this question. Well, and you're, like you said, you're solving this, this woman's problem. There's a lot of people that wouldn't touch this deal. So yep. good for you, Mike. Today's second topic is called the land business competition by the numbers. So as I referred to at the beginning of the episode, you know, there's a constant din of, did I, uh, am I too late to the party? Is it too competitive? Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't come up as often as it used to. Uh, and I think that the, the community that we're in has generally taken my advice over time and and my advice over time has been this. If you feel like you're in a competitive market, get in a different market. We don't, Jill and I don't franchise Land Academy. We don't sell Michigan or Ohio or California um, the way that territories are. That surprises a lot of people. You are free to mail uh, all 150 million properties that there are out there in the, in the country. So here's the numbers. There's 150 million APNs in the USA-ish. That means there's 150 million properties. That's in, in that is houses, land, commercial property, Air Force bases, hospitals, all kinds of stuff. Anything that has an APN. 150 million of those. 20 million are SFRs, single family residences, detached houses. 6 million of that 150 million are commercial properties. That, that's everything apartment buildings office buildings it's not a lot on and on right i for round numbers purposes assume that there's four million other properties like air force bases and hospitals and stuff that i i don't think there's that many i don't think there's four hundred thousand, quite honestly but i'm just doing it for round numbers that leaves us with 120 million plus properties which are land all different types of land there's maybe by my estimation, a thousand people in this business who, like Jill and I, regularly send mail correctly and regularly do real estate deals. Are there a lot more people that listen to this podcast? Mm-hmm. Yes. Are there a lot more people in other real estate groups out there um, that are are sending out mail? I'm, I think there's a thousand people in general. I think that's pretty good. That's a good I think number. it's actually, that's a, I think that's I think a good it's, number. It's less people, but okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's a hundred. Probably at a time too. Like how many people think about it? They send out one and then they then they yes. give up or they yeah, and that's stop number, or right. they do postcards or something dumb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if by some magical scenario uh, all of us are equal, which we're not, there's a huge bell curve at play here. You know, Jill and I are probably in the top ten percent, the ninetieth percentile. Probably. We are. <laughs> And so let's say, but let's say it's all flat. There's no bell curve. Uh, that's 120,000 properties per person. If you divide, you know, 120 million divided by a uh, thousand people. Mm-hmm. If your mailer yield is 4,000, just like in the example earlier, then each of us buys 30,000 prop- properties a year. I mean, 30 properties. properties a year. If you make 50 grand, that's a million and a half dollars a year that you're going to make. If you're smashing it like the top, the 90th percentile, you're going to make way more than that. I can tell you that's the case for us. Uh, and if you're brand new and it's your first mailer and, and you are in this thousand person group or you want to be, then you will gradually work your way up to making a hell of a lot more than a million and a half dollars. But if you're just average in this yeah. thousand person group at the top. It's good. So is it too crowded? Is it too, I'll let you decide. If your average performance of that thousand person is a million and a half dollars a year, 
I don't think that's, you know. Do you know, it's funny. I just had this simple conversation. I have a new person on my team helping answer questions for people who want to get involved in Land Academy. His name is Christopher. And he's like, how do I answer this question? If it comes up, I said, Christopher. <laughs> there are 3,144, roughly, counties. Not and roughly. Pa- that's well, there a, are. Okay. You nailed it. Counties and parishes in this country. I personally... If I did one a month, I couldn't hit them all before I die. He's like, got it. That's, There's no way. No so way. Gonna, you know, so now we've got that million and a half dollar number average in our head. I'm going to give you a comparison about the real estate industry for real estate, licensed real estate agents making commissions, like people who buy and sell your house. There's 1.6 million real estate agents in the country, not, not 1,000 people like in our industry 1.6 there's 1.6 this is good each year approximately 6 million houses are sold again if we average this all out Mm -hmm. that's 3.75 houses sold per agent let's just call it four Mm -hmm. $475,000 average sale price which means that for each of those four properties that they sell they make the gross commission is $25,000. You got to split it with the house, the brokerage, and you have to split it with the other agent on the side. So you got to divide that at least by two or mm. by four. And so you can confirm all these numbers on the internet. That's where I got That's them. True. I don't walk around knowing this stuff. I just, I did some research on this before the show. So they make eight to $12,000 per for those deals. So let's just call it 10,000. 10,000 times four, four transactions a year is 40 grand. Mm-hmm. Well, we just talked about making a million and a half dollars a year. The average real estate agent in this country, the average or mean number is between forty and $60,000 a year. The people in the top 10th percentile make a, a couple million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That's our average. Mm-hmm. And so you've got 6 million deals that 1.6 million people are chasing. Mm-hmm. We don't chase deals. They come exactly. to us. We send out all this mail. A bunch of properties come back. We choose which one we want to buy, and we buy it. Yeah. If I Jill like and this, I, I like this sentence. I got to tell you, I'm going to pa- pause this moment. I just read this as he moved up the script, and it's so flipping cool. This got me prompted to it in my research this morning. Look at what property managers make, because I have always, mm-hmm. in my entire real estate career, looked at property managers as kind of like the super intelligent, um, numbers-based, non-emotional real estate agents. Like a REIT manager? No. Like a a person who sits, uh, you know, who manages a 180-unit apartment building for for a REIT. There we go. And is probably a salaried employee of a huge property management company. Okay. So it led me to Jill's sentence here. You know, if Jill and I were 22 years old, this is what I would do. This is what I would pitch to Jill and she would probably say yes. Because I usually do. <laughs> the average property manager, the average is $110,000. It tops out a lot higher than that, 150 to 180. Well, Jill and I aren't used to doing anything that's average. So right. if each of us became a property manager, uh, a salaried property manager making, we would, you know, our household would be making a quarter of a million dollars a year. So now we don't have to worry about bills. We would also, if we were 22, being live in the worst block of the worst neighborhood that you could possibly uh, find that's close to all the fun. Mm-hmm. And so theoretically, that would be cheap. It would be way below average housing costs. At that time, 
we would send out a ton of mail and start doing deals, number one. Number two, we would look around at other failing property managers and either buy their company, figure out how to buy it, or start our own and go get the clients. And so, competition? Well, hold on There's a moment. No when would I transition? That's that's a a sixty hour a week job. So you're gonna get me. I might sign up to that for in the beginning because I need the dough, and then I'm gonna use the dough for something else. But I'm certainly not hanging out in that job. That all that is is to pay the bills, get ahead. Thank you. So I can do fund, this. Fund our mailer. Okay. And fund uh, either buying a property, small property management company that we could grow, or starting our own, or both. Yeah. So yes, th- my point is, there's huge, huge amount numbers of solutions out there, if you put your uh, mind into it and and realize that you're not in the average, that there's no competition. Competition is uh, competition is a a thought, a process in your mind, which me, which to me is another way of saying of conceding. You know, do you think that like NFL stars, while they're running down the field, they're wondering about if they're the fastest? person on in the in the league or how they got there or any of that stuff hell no they're just smashing it out there in the field you know as i say people confuse average and they think that they're put into a box based on how smart they are and that's 100 percent not true totally what's really going to differentiate you and somebody else not this how hard you work period if you are showing up killing it getting better every day learning getting more efficient getting the right people around you and under you you will be above average. That's right. When I met Jill, she had a work from home job selling uh, education for a, a university. Not not a university, but UTI. like a, a, a trade a trade college. Mm-hmm. And she was smashed it. She was at the top of the list from, as a salespeople every single month. There were plaques all over the place. And and I got I said, one day a light bulb went off in my head, and I said, "What if she did this for us? Like, what if she sold stuff for us? Sold real estate? Mm-hmm. The prop? I can buy these properties all day long. What if she sold them? And we did. And uh, that's that's if we were 22. Can oh you imagine? Oh my gosh! How do you? I can't even happen? imagine. I know. I agree. Yeah. So please don't. I, I, I have to do this every six months. I have to talk about competition, and I take a, take a different angle at it every single time. There's no real competition in our industry at all. If you sent out a mailer and somebody says to you, oh, I just got three letters like this. No, they didn't. Yeah. They did not get just get three letters just like this. They maybe got one, and it's maybe in the Austin, Texas area where you shouldn't be sending mail probably anyway, yeah. which we cover all in the entire program. Let's take a look at another one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. Fayette County, Tennessee. Accepted offer price is $12,000. Thinks we can sell it for 24 to 30. Good. One acre. What's the deal breaker on that 40? I can tell you, usability. Let's yeah. just say it's all wet and it's just duck hunting land with access. Uh, you know, that's not bad. No. They're just, we just need to find out what it's, we need comparison values done. Then I would just need to bring in and make sure it's a whitetail property guy. Yeah, whitetail properties guy would be great. They'll, they'll tell you right they'll, away. They'll, they'll fix it. They'll know, yeah. Someone is someone else trying to fund this with around me. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. 1.6 acres next door sold for 22000 and 2000 1.1 acre, five parcels over, sold for 17000 and 2000 So we got, I see houses. If you guys can see the display, you can kind of make out the houses on here. We, when we look at deal, um, when we do our own deal 
review. We do just like this where we look at different maps and different layers to see where their houses are and then look at other things, what might be built out. It's not wet according to FEMA. That's good. Access is fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's right there. That did. Got it. So there's a seller. And he's selling the one furthest away. Totally like that. So like I've said in the past, um, these properties are so easy to value. Uh, all you need to do is take a look at this house. We're going to look at the owner's house and see what it's worth. And whatever it's worth, we'll look at a, a few of these other ones. It's an infill lot. It needs to be less than 10% of that value. Hey, what a smart man. See, sweetheart, I'm going to own these, all these three lots. We're going to pick the best one, build on it. And then when we need mo dough later on, we'll start selling them off. Yeah. Wish you had like 30, 40, 30 or 40 of them. Yeah. You never have to work. It's $285,000. So right, right away, it needs to be less than 20. And you're at 12. Mm -hmm. So, And your target price is 20, which is fantastic. So let's just uh, confirm other sales. These are the properties that are more than one acre that are sold. Uh, and this, I'm going to move the boundaries just so we can see the area. So 1.2 acres sold. This is cheapest at 20,000. Uh, and for sale, cheapest property that's over an acre is 50,000. So, so we like it. Two for two. Yeah. I love this deal, actually. Julie, you have something inspirational to share with us. Yep. So I was thinking the other day about an individual that I've been watching in Land Academy, not you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, thanks. It's not about me. No. Someone that, that um, they stop, they start, they stop, they start, they get involved, they unget involved. And I'm like, this poor person, I don't know what's going to happen to them. You know, they, they start to do career path and then they're like, I don't know if I can do career path. I'm like, so the, I, I was, I guess I was thinking about it. I was thinking about myself and thinking about the other successful people in the group. And so I have this question that I want to ask you listener, you know, to, to figure out who you are. So are you a, you know, a stick with it kind of person or you are constantly chasing something shiny? Or even worse, you know, just starting and stopping, you know, and not continuing on and finishing something. So part of part of this whole thing, and it's not even Land Academy, what we do, period. Life, start of life. Think about college. Think about any career you choose. You know, you, there's going to be highs. There's going to be lows. You have to decide if that's what you really want. And then you're going to commit to it and stick with it and work through the stuff. This is it. Versus, you know, you never get anything done. You know, sometimes it's chasing something shiny. Oh, this could be better. This could be better. This could be better. Which I'm going to argue is not just that, oh, I found something better and I had to go that path. Mm -mm. But I'm going to argue that it's just you're never going to commit to something. That's your way of saying, I don't have to do anything. I, I'm just still researching. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, whatever kind of thing. No, and you're just not sticking with it. Like it's, you know, I, I don't know why I'm thinking of like a doctor. I mean, that's a long path. So you want to be a doctor. You want to be a surgeon. You get into it. Now you want to be this kind of a surgeon, you know, or just even any college thing. You know, people start, we all know people who have, I don't know, eight, 10 years of college education and not one degree because they constantly change their majors, right? What a waste. What a waste of time and energy and money and, and all of that. Like, oh, this one's going to be it. They just can't finish it. And you know what? Maybe are you worried that I made the wrong decision? You know what? So later on, 
revisit it later on you know if you find something like it really doesn't work for you i can understand there's a few there's a few exceptions there's times that people go down this is the people that i really respect people who go down the path and start something finish it have a wonderful career even though it wasn't their dream passion but they they had a nice life they made it work and then later on go you know what after all this time i realized this is what i kind of really want to do so now at 60 or fill in the blank whatever i'm going to do this this is what i've always wanted to do i've always wanted to paint who knows not me so i have no talent like that no art talent jill <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's a great prelude. There's a lots of things about. I could do with art. Super good prelude. Singing, drawing, not, no, that's not me. I'm fine with that. But anyway, so I just wanted you to think about that, you know, and, and you can fix it. You know, like, Jill, that's me. You're talking about me. I didn't even realize it. Like, I do that. I start this. I turn it off. I get half involved. Uh, I come up with excuses, you know, so stop it. Hold yourself accountable. Give yourself rewards, little rewards if you have to along the way. Break it up into really reasonable tasks so you're not overwhelmed and just and finish it and watch what happens. It's going to change you, change everything when you when you when you accomplish something. That's a perfect prelude into my what I want to share. Okay. Well, Jack, what do you I don't have? disagree with. I don't agree with Jill on most of what she just said. You don't agree with me? Mm-mm. Oh, cool. This is awesome. <laughs> Bill Gates Sr. Sarca- she says sarcastically. <laughs> Bill Gates Sr., you know, the Bill Gates that we know, his father wrote a oh. book called Showing Up for Life. It's, one of, it's probably my favorite book, my bi- favorite business slash inspirational book. And he said, you got to show up. And, yeah. and you're not going to show up. My, my, the name of my, uh, my share here is how to get to the top 10% of performers in any business, really anything. You know, it, and, it, and the very first inkling of you really wanting to do really well at anything, you got to sit yourself down and have a real serious, honest conversation. I'll do it with myself right now so you can have a, uh, you, have a you have a place to go up because you can't get any lower than me. <laughs> Well, while you do that, I'm just going to hold this. So you tell me, you tell me, babe, how you want to destroy my thing and how successful you are. Go for it. I was not. I'm a very, holding the ukulele. Not a very good student. <laughs> I, I graduated from Michigan State University, barely, because I didn't care. And I found out a lot later in life that I didn't care because I have a mild learning disability dyslexia. It doesn't apply to numbers for some reason. I'm very good at, I've always been good at math. So that's my point. Have a real honest conversation about what you're good at, what you enjoy, what you're not good at, what you don't want to do. You know, I wasn't good at, at in school all the way through. So I'm not, a, I'm not an, uh, I, I am not a college professor. It's just common sense. I was very good at sports, not all of them, but some of them, but I hated it. I hated the culture and the, the locker room culture and, and all of that. Uh, I was rewarded for that my entire life. Never went into that either in any way because I didn't like it. What I loved and what always came easy to me since I was 14 years old is making money and and organizing things so that I could use my head, not my hands, because I got tired of cutting lawns and shoveling snow and all that stuff like so many people. And so great not that's the end of the conversation with myself i suck at this i suck at this i'm okay at this but i don't like it and i'm pretty really good at this and i want to this is the thing that i want to be the 10 percent in what jill just said was you can change 
you can change it. No, you can't. You're not going to change something. If, if you're really bad at it, you're just going to punish yourself for decades trying to be at the top 10%. Or you're just going to go through the motions and wait till you can retire, wait till Social Security kicks in. Not that there's anything wrong with those things, but I think that's what most people, that's what happens to most people. If you want to be in the top 10%, and in my case, it was making a lot of money, you got to come up with a way where it makes sense to you. For some people, it makes sense to have, Jill and I were just, I, this, I still can't get over this. We were just in, have it, we went to that concert. Who did we go see in Ketchum, Sun Valley? Billy Carrington. And so before that, we went- Super cool. We went to uh, Sun Valley, the resort, because that's where the show was. And we were sitting, having dinner in a bar. And there was uh, the gas station chain Sinclair, if you've ever seen that big uh, green- Dinosaur. Brontosaurus. And it was their national convention of gas station owners. And so it was all kinds of people dressed up. It was probably an award show. you know. And so my point of bringing this up is that I don't want to own any gas stations. I don't want to get into a 10% margin business where there's customers in and out 24-7. There's bricks and mortar you got to deal with and leases and all kinds of money and debt that you've got to accumulate. But in that, in that, that program, there was a top 10%. And I can tell you that they probably had that conversation with themselves or, or they inherited the business from their parents or something like that. So they got to be the top 10%. That's what, those, that's what this whole meeting was about. For me, I don't want any risk. I don't want any bricks and mortar. I don't really want any employees. I, I want to get be able to get in and out without a real commitment, uh, the way that we get in, in and out of these deals. And so through the course of failing at a bunch of stuff, which we, I still fail at sometimes, we came up with buying and selling land. I came up with buying and selling land in the early 90s out of frustration. Just because my whole motivation was, I don't want to work for anybody else. I don't really even want to work for myself. And then ultimately, we decided in 2015 to teach it. So it starts with a conversation, a real honest conversation with yourself about what you're good at and what you're not good at and where you want this all to go. And really sitting in front of, a, in my case, a spreadsheet or a, a yellow pad of paper and deconstructing you and where you want to go and then putting together a plan to get there. Cool. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> hey, don't forget, you can reach us for questions or help or anything that you need. If you want to get something answered here or learn, how, learn more about us, you can easily text 480-530-7383. Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. We, we are Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property. 